And people can pet our dogs. You know, a guide dog and the others, you're not supposed to pet them. In fact, they find it's do not pet. Yeah. Our dogs on their vest has a sign, please pet me. Right. That's, well, that's, that's, that's the difference, too. That's what those dogs, some of those dogs do for a living, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, invite people to uh, to pet them who are suffered some kind of disaster or tragedy or whatever. And, and that's uh, uh, part of the very nature, it seems like, of the ministry. Yeah. So what are some of the key things that you sounds like you as you were kind of finding your way through this whole process and you made it sound like it was a lot of trial and error. But now you got the military ministry and the police ministry. So how many how many canine ministries are there within the overall Lutheran Church Charities operation? Well, there's the canine ministry, which is veterans, military and their families Mm -hmm. serving that. And so the dog, we have a veteran handler. Police ministry, the same thing. We have a police handler for the dog that's trained. Uh, Because we found by experience that veterans many times will not open up unless it's another veteran or police officers will not open up unless it's another police officer. Mm. And uh, because they know the protocol, they just it just works better. Yeah, we're going to the same thing as with firefighters. So we have that we have teachers that uh, we train uh, in our teams because they can go out and they understand schools and the protocol at schools because we get invited a lot into schools for either a sudden death of a student. Uh, or a sudden death of a teacher, um, and we're asked to come in with the dogs and spend time with the kids. We're out with, uh, uh, we're out actually tomorrow going out to, uh, site visit with a 21 year old that suddenly died, had cancer, mm. but <clears throat> was very well loved and liked by the school uh, that that person went to. So, uh, they're doing a uh, a memorial service, and they ask our dogs to be out because there could be eight hundred people there. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so we that happens all the time that we're going out on those type of situations. We do a lot of, with police departments when a, an officer is killed. Yeah, and added into that, we have the hearts of mercy and compassion, which are wooden hearts that we make that people can sign and present to a family. Mm, nice. So Tim, so what happens when when an invitation comes in? I mean, it's I know you mentioned that the dogs only go out by invitation when someone invites the dogs to go. But I'm guessing that as as much as obviously this operation has expanded greatly over these years, as you've described, I'm thinking you probably can't respond to every request or invitation that comes in. So is there a certain kind of criteria that helps you decide we just don't have the dogs or the resources to say yes to every single thing that comes in? How do we decide what to say yes to? Well, interesting enough, a year and a half ago, I would say that, you know, we had to just geographically, it was impossible to get dogs in or in the time frame they wanted. You know, sometimes on some of this, they want the dogs the next morning. And we've had requests from schools at 10 o'clock at night to have dogs in the, in, in the school at 7 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Well, we tried on it. We tried to put boots and poles on the ground within 24 hours if possible. But in some cases, it was just impossible. We didn't have a dog in that state, and that would have meant they had to drive all night. But with COVID, as, as, as crazy as COVID has made all of our lives, it yeah. opened up a door of, of doing virtual visits. Uh-huh. And I remember what I did two days after up here in Illinois, we had a lockdown with COVID. I pulled my canine staff and I said, okay, we're going to do virtual visits. We're going to use Zoom. And they all looked at me like, going to use what? I said, Zoom. They said, you use Zoom? And I says, no, I don't know what it is, but somebody told me what it is. <laughs> but I am mentioning so, it nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. 48 hours, we were Zooming. I got to tell you, we will never stop Zooming. It 
brought us into places and still does that we could never get into easily. Yeah. Uh, we were in ER rooms in New York City right away with staff. We were, and we still are. And people that are alone, that, you know, the, even people that are alone at home and elderly, they're Zooming now because if they want to see their grandchildren, that's what they're doing. For sure. So they, wow. they can yeah. call and get a Zoom visit with a dog. Yeah. They can virtually pet a dog. And, and people, I remember some of our handlers going, well, will the dog even look in the screen? And I says, turn on Animal Planet and see what your dogs are watching. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really great. And it's really interesting. I've, I've talked to so many uh, animal welfare groups, organizations, others, where COVID, as, as you've noted, as, as awful as it's been in so many ways for so many of us, it has presented some opportunities or, or some solutions that have been ongoing, even if and when we ever get this thing totally tamed, that will still continue well beyond uh, the, the yeah. peak of the, the COVID crisis. So that that's great. Let's take a caller. We have a caller waiting. Let's get them involved. In the conversation. Hi, you're on Talking Animals with Tim Hetzner. Hi, um, I have a couple questions. One is, um, where are the dogs housed when they're not working, and are they ever retired? Good questions. Let me take the first one. The dogs are housed in what we call caregivers, and we do the training of caregivers. We have a primary and a secondary, so that's where the dog goes at night. The responsibility of the caregivers is to brush the dog out, make sure they're on, on track with all their shots to also make sure that their their uh, commands are there and to make sure before the dog goes out the next day, because they generally work every day, to make sure that the dog, uh, before going out the next day that morning, walk them through the commands, because sometimes the dog has a bad day. They just don't want to be with people. I have them. Yeah. So we're not going to take a dog out with to, to be connecting with people if the dog just needs a day away from people. Second, when it comes to retirement of the dog, and because our dogs are not owned by any person, they're owned by Lutheran Church Charities or the church, school, or institution that we place them, we know that there could be some big oh, arguments or whatever on retirement of the dog. So what we do, each dog, before we place it, has to have a veterinarian. The retirement of the dog is the decision of the veterinarian, not the handlers, not the church, not the university. It's the veterinarian. If the people don't agree with that decision, we have a group of veterinarians that will review the case. And then we have a top, top dog veterinarian, we call it, uh, who has a PhD in, in medical at the University of Minnesota. And he can he can advise on it. Or if there is some medical condition that the local veterinarian has no idea on, it can get picked up to him and he will review the medical record. If has to be, he'll review the dog uh, to advise what should be done. So the retirement is the decision of the veterinarian. But where does with the our dog, dog go? Where's the dog go if he's retired? If the dog's retired, where does it go? Generally, there's somebody in that church or university that will take the dog in to just let it have a nice retirement life. Most of our dogs don't fully retire. They semi-retire, which means they don't 
that, that we limit the schedule of them going out, and they don't deploy out. But then, if if when it's finally it's time for retirement, generally somebody on that team or somebody there will take the dog in as as a pet, and they don't wear the vest anymore. We get the vest back. LCC always owns the vest that's on the dog in the event that the dog's behavior or the people use for handling the dog, uh, don't follow through in the commands, we'll pull the vest because we will not have a dog go out vested with us uh, that's not fully behaved. Gotcha. All right, thank you for your questions, caller. Very good questions. Yeah. appreciate them. Thank you. So, Tim, we're sort of nearing the end of our time, but I have some other questions I'd like to discuss with you. And just back when you were responding to the caller about, like, what happens when they go home and stuff, and then you said that dogs, like all of us, have a bad day, Maybe you don't want to go out. So if a dog seems to be exhibiting signs of having a bad day or just saying, hey, this dog isn't going to the church today or the school today or whatever, is that just okay? I mean, is that, I mean, does the handler just sort of, or the caregiver just read the dog and just say, you know what, I just don't think we should do it today. And that that's just fine. That's the call, and then we, wherever we were scheduled to go out with that dog for that day, we call them and say, we're sorry, the dog's not able to come out today, can we reschedule? Mm-hmm. You know, it's no different than people get sick, and so if you had an appointment scheduled but you're sick, you reschedule the appointment. I wish I could always right. reschedule my appointments when I'm in a bad mood and don't want to see anybody, but I, I guess that's that's why dogs sometimes have it better than, than humans, maybe, but... Uh... <laughs> So, Tim, let's, if we could, let's talk uh, in our perhaps final moments, so much more I hope to cover, but about some notable missions. Um, are, there, are there deployments that stand out as particularly striking to you, either by virtue of the location and or the disaster that precipitated those dogs' visit? Oh, Duncan, you know, <laughs> in my 20 years, I've had so many disasters and crises that I yeah. don't know to that sometimes they, and now they start repeating. You know, obviously Sandy Hook. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. had a huge impact and still does because the result of that we placed two dogs up there we continue to work out there Sandy Hook uh, Pulse uh, down in my mm-hmm. uh, in the, the Florida the nightclub that yeah. was yep the nightclub that was an impactful um, and important deployment as we look back on because we took a lot of flack for working with the LGBT community oh yeah interesting but you know what? We uh, we weathered it, and actually, it opened up a lot of doors because we don't go out to judge people, and our yeah. dogs are non-judgmental. That's not our. We're out there to love people, not to judge. And so uh, that opened up doors. We had uh, oh, you know, in Vegas, the shooting there. Any mm-hmm. one of them always opens up other doors and avenues. Yeah. Of, of ministry, you know, just like with the shootings, we now are, are, you know, on any shootings, we're invited into the coroner's office. Now, the coroner's office doesn't let just anybody in. Yeah. But because, you know, but they need it. Like, can you imagine that working at coroner's office oh, and all of a sudden you got to process 23 bodies? Uh, oh, so yeah. because coroners will talk to other coroners and they'll say, you can let this group in. They're professional. Dogs are well-behaved. They will not interfere with what you're doing. And they do it quietly. They don't have media come in. Nothing. They come in. They serve your people. And they leave. 
Yeah. So that has police departments. Other type of sensitive situations we get into, which a lot of times we never even, you know, those are never published. Acknowledge, yeah, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. Yep, yep. We're just in our final minutes. If you just happen to tune in, this is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss. I'm speaking with Tim Hetzner, Lutheran Church Charities President and CEO and founder of the Canine Ministry, which, as we're discussing, deploys comfort dogs to the sites of all kinds of disasters and has other kinds of dog ministries that do a number of other things, as we've also discussed in our final moments. If you would like to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663, emailing dj at wmnf.org, or texting 813-433-0885. Yeah, I just want to swing back for one sec to Sandy Hook, just because that seems like there could probably never have been enough dogs for all the people that were just heartbroken and just destroyed by that just horrific event. I mean, even arguably President Obama could have used uh, some time with a comfort dog when he made those uh, those comments. You know, I mean, I'll never forget that. So did that in some ways just feel like an especially profound experience? Even though I know there's been 20 years of them or the better part, you know, 13 plus years of, of these in particular. Because I know it was influential in a lot of ways that are interesting, including there's a uh, young man you might know of uh, named Caleb Smith, who uh, is this kind of precocious teenage entrepreneur and author. He uh, works with comfort rabbits and he was already doing stuff with rabbits. But because his parents often deployed to the sites of disasters as, as kind of missionaries, um, he would go to these and he went to Sandy Hook and he saw the comfort dogs and that altered the way he worked with his rabbits. And now he's got a slew of comfort rabbits. He's, uh, I guess, like I say, an entrepreneur. He's bought an island where he keeps the, the rabbits and trains them and he's got all kinds of things. But he was greatly influenced. Obviously, he was uh, heartbroken too, like everybody being there. But he was really struck by a new way to help people, uh, also kind of a religious, spiritual young man, uh, when he saw what you guys were doing there, comfort dogs. So I wasn't sure if you knew about him, but I just want to be sure to mention him. Well, I appreciate that. And other animals. I'm looking at comfort cows. Uh, growing up on a farm, that was a dairy farm. Mm-hmm. Cows all have a unique personality, uh, and 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 actually, uh, it actually can be a comfort. It's it's a little harder to transport them out. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it would, I'm working on that one, so we'll see if God wants that to happen or not. I got gotcha. you. Other animals has the same thing. You know, people sometimes. I'm not sure there's a thing called a comfort. Cat, but people that have cats do get comfort from them. So. Right? Yeah. No, I've had I've had at least one cat that I again was super attuned, and just when things were going on or things were rough or whatever, just seemed to respond in a different way. So yeah, again, it might be hard to deploy the cats out to, to too many places, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that have cats at home that they think, well, this is definitely a comfort cat at least uh, situationally. So and our dogs and cats get along. You know, cats will train a dog real quick on what their distance ought to be. <laughs> yeah. There's no misunderstanding yeah. there. Yeah. That's yep. great. Nope. All they got to do is hiss a little bit and just raise a paw. And yeah. dog's like, okay, okay. For sure. So one of the most, I guess just a couple of quick things about recent deployments. One of the most significant uh, upsetting, obviously, disasters in recent months has been the condominium collapse in Surfside. And I know the, yeah. the dogs went there. Any uh, observations on that deployment? Because that just seemed, uh, again, uniquely sort of complicated and uh, emotionally trying for everybody. Well, with the families, it was because it they, you know... <laughs> Can you imagine going those days not knowing if your loved one's alive or not? Mm. Uh, which is, you know, it's at least when you know one way or the other, you can start coping. Yeah. Uh, so that was the, but it was the workers, the workers yeah. out there every day. And we spent a lot of time, and still are. 
yeah. we are still spending time with Zoom visits with some of the workers out there because this has affected them. Yeah. You know, it's the same way with some of the people that were at 9-11, you know, yeah. that, that affects them to, uh, and then that one that found his son, or yeah, I think it was his son, oh, yeah. or he was working out there. You know, that, well, yeah. it's heartbreaking. Right. Yeah, I would think even... F- but that's why we hand out stuffed dogs to, <laughs> to him. I just sent a stuffed dog off to somebody today that loves their dogs and all that, but it gives them a stuffed dog, something it's an older person they can hold on to. Sure, something to, to hold and cuddle and mm-hmm. uh, feel comforted by, mm-hmm. yeah, in absence of the real thing. So, uh, well, Tim, I, I think we have just about reached the end of our time. We've been speaking with Tim Hetzner from Lutheran Church charities and the canine comfort dog ministry and other ministries as well the website to find out about these and other things lutheranchurchcharities.org also the the dogs uh, have their own website caninecomfort.org there's also social media pages for all of them some some of the dogs have their own social media pages which is uh, terrific and uh, tim thank you so much for making the time to uh, join us and explain all this great work you guys have been doing for all these years to help uh, people that are obviously in great need and great struggle when when they're uh, when they're helped by those dogs. Duncan, thank you, and God's blessings to you. Keep going, my friend. All right, thank you again. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. In a moment, we'll hear a nifty new dog song called I Want to Be a Dog by a terrific singer-songwriter named Colleen Green. Right now, they're going to step into the comedy corner with a piece from Sean Donnelly called I Love My Bulldog in today's comedy corner. I'm talking animals on WMNF. I kind of have a kid now. We have an English bulldog. Do you guys know what that is? English bulldog? Yeah. If you know what an English bulldog is, those are dogs that are really fat and they're low to the ground. They have breathing problems. They go, ah. I just got the dog version of myself. That's basically it. I just wanted something else unhealthier than me in my house. I don't know if you know this, but bulldogs, English bulldogs, they're very stubborn dogs. Did you know that? They like to pull you when you want them. And I spend all day with my dog, so sometimes I forget my dog's a dog, and I talk to him like he's a human. You talking about a dog? You know what I'm talking about? And the other day I'm walking him, and he's pulling me, and I get so upset. And out of nowhere, I just yell out, I go, you think you call the shots? <laughs> well, you don't. I call the shots. And then he pooped. <laughs> And then I picked it up. I, then I, I, I was like, all right, you definitely call the shots. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you pick up their poop, they call the shots in that relationship. I love my dog so much. I wish he was human. He'd be the coolest guy in the world if he was human. He'd be the kind of guy, he'd crash his car, he wouldn't do you know what I'm saying. Do you know how many times I've hit my dog in the head with a door? And he's just like, yeah, it's totally cool. Don't worry about it. I love you. Let's go do something else. We'll go to the diner. I don't care. I love you. It's me and you. You can't do that with cats. Let's face it, everybody. Cats are dicks, okay? It's true. Cats are dicks. I hate cats. Yeah. If cats were human, they would just be like your really uptight, skinny friend, Beth. That you can't say the word moist around, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's why you have cat people. You need cat people. There's only two types of people in this world, cat people and gun people. Because a lot of people don't like those two things. There's 
that has a group of people associated with it. There's no lizard ladies, right? There's no lonely women in their apartments with lizards knitted on their sweaters. Also, why is that? Why is the cat the symbol animal for the lonely woman? So everywhere in the world's ignoring you? So you get the one animal in the world to ignore you as well? That was Sean Donnelly in today's Comedy Corner on Talking Animals. This is Colleen Green with I Want to Be Your Dog on Talking Animals.
That's Colleen Green. I want to be a dog as we reach the end of today's edition of Talking Animals. Reminder, Scott Elliott's coming up momentarily to take you through a great musical journey from noon to 3 p.m. Tonight, Rebecca Pulley will be at the Pearl Bar in an unticketed show with some other great artists. I'll be back tomorrow on the air here doing a music show from 3 to 6 in the place of Nancy C. will be back shortly, thank goodness. And uh, I think that's all my little updates. This is Talking Animals. I'm WMNF Tampa, Brandon, Largo, Wiki, Watchy, and Beyond. NPR News headlines coming up, and it's Scott Elliott after that. Thanks.